Welcome to the Carbitrage Podcast, episode 183. I'm Eric Berger, joined as always by my co-host Ryan Sinesby. Hello. Hello there. Welcome back. Hi. I am still working on the same beer from last week. It is still cold. I'm drinking our Heineken. All right, sounds good. Uh, heading over to patreon.com forward slash Carbitrage. What? Have you ever heard the story about the CEO of Heineken? No, tell me right now. <laughs> I may send you the actual No, tell us it. all right now. So the CEO of Heineken was kidnapped, I think, twice, and then eventually killed by kidnappers. What the hell? <laughs> it's like Uwe Gambala. It's yeah, probably the it's same literally, guy. Literally, <laughs> it, like, I can't just describe that right now. It is the same level of ridiculous story as Uwe Gambala's story. <laughs> like, Have you, we ever told Uwe Gambala's story on this No, but podcast? we need to do, I think we should do, like, maybe, like, not quite monthly, but every couple months, we should do, like, a past gas style, do an entire episode telling one story. I think there's some as long as you're the one that does it, I'm fine with it. I, can I don't totally have that do much that, time to do that research. Yeah, well, I, I totally can because I'm just, fine with that. I also know a lot of stuff off the top of my head. That will give me check. an opportunity to sit comfortably and interject only once in a while. Yeah, I can totally do that. <laughs> okay. And Pass Gas is my favorite podcast in the world other than Carbitrage. So I will. Nice. I can nice save there. I, I can totally <laughs> take. I can totally do something along those lines. <laughs> So anyway, patreon.com forward slash carbitrage on this direct support website for content consumers like you to support content producers like us. You will find two open-ended levels of support, one of which actually gets you a few kickbacks too with some merch. Head on over to patreon.com forward slash carbitrage if you'd like to help us buy some more beer. So I learned something just now. Okay. When you put orange oil on mm-hmm. your teeth mm-hmm. and then you actually get a little bit on your tongue, it makes your taste buds not work there. Interesting. So, so you could drink 56 Brewing and not feel the racism. <laughs> yes, I, that's true. I can also drink literally any IPA now. And not Bring Origel. <laughs> It'll just slosh go them around. Surly, oh. Go to Surly. You grab a Surly though. Union Buster. Surly closed. <laughs> that's the saying. Go to okay. Surly when they open back up again. Get a Surly Union Buster, whatever they call their new beer. <laughs> and then take some Origel. It'll be the best beer in the world. <laughs> It was one I, my... I got a targeted Facebook ad yesterday for 56 Brewing. Oh, no. <laughs> and it had no angry reacts on it on Facebook. I'm like, people have a short memory. I don't think it's that. I think it's like 56 Brewing like targets their audience ah. to people that don't watch the news or are actually Nazis. I don't watch the news, but I try to keep myself as far removed from Nazis as I exactly. can. Exactly, but I mean, like that's the thing. It's like they're like they've like they're two things. It's like likes Adolf Hitler. Yeah, likes like newsworthy ignorance. That's <laughs> you. So on that note, <laughs> on that bombshell, I know I'm a terrible person for demanding to remain ignorant of a lot of shit that goes on. Ignorance is bliss. Yeah, but it's also apparently white privilege. Yes, it is. And a lot of people that... Anyway, it's not worth talking about. You're wearing your Ferrari shirt. Shh. That's to be expected. Yeah, but I keep to myself. But all right, so this, this And is... I'm kind to people sometimes. It's just one of those things. Like, Most you, of the time. You, you pick your battles. Like, yeah. If, you're, if, if it's like... If somebody's just being completely ignorant of everything in general, yeah. I think that's a little bit different. I'm talking like the people I talk to that are like full-on ACAB, BLM shit. Like, yeah. I get where you're coming from. I do, but like I'm not changing my. I'm not trying to get with you that bad. All right. Well, see, I think the other thing is is you don't do it just for BLM stuff. You no, I'm universal you that way. I don't pay attention to any news. You universally don't yeah. want to pay attention to things. 
Yes. I think that's different as opposed to like people that um I don't they, just unfollow they, political they, pages. They pick they they pick their things that they care about. I think that's that that's more of an issue than somebody that just universally does not care about anything. Well, I care about cats and cars. Yes, and that's the thing. It's like you literally when you say you care about that, that's what you care People about. People are astonished when they find out that I'm not kidding. Like no, you literally that's true. Like Every time we're, I've been at your house, you're watching something cat-related, car-related, or it's AV. Both. Yeah. Some, I got two TVs. I can do both. Yeah, and usually <laughs> it is both, yes. <laughs> so Anyway, I'm not sure how we got on the tent. It doesn't matter. But um, uh, if don't buy 56 Brewing and cool that you can drink IPAs now. Yeah, that's cool. So there you <laughs> Thank go. Thank you, Orgel. Thanks. Yeah, thanks, Orgel. Now I can sponsor somebody. Yeah. Let us know. Um, <laughs> anyway, so moving God. on. Did we, we talked about Patreon. Yes, we did. Yeah, we did. Um, <laughs> all right, so I want to talk about... We all know what 280ZX syndrome is. We do. Where you have the better car on each end of you. Your car's perfectly good, but looks comparatively shit. Um, I want to talk about cars that were just objectively bad. Just okay. bad, disappointing, terrible follow-up models. And it's like, who ate shit the hardest after making something really, really, really great? Uh-oh. And I read this backward. No, actually, almost all of mine still apply. Yeah, like it's something that like, it's like where they took like I would be tempted to say like a Toyota Corolla mm-hmm. after the '86, except the AU101 is actually really good. That car um, is still one of my favorite recommendations yeah. for new drivers. Um, what I would say is so this will be my my best example. Okay. The uh, seventh generation. U.S. domestic market Mitsubishi Galant. Is that the 2002 or the 2007? It's the 93. Oh, okay. All right. Right after they canned the Galant VR4, they went to the bigger body style. Yeah. And we didn't get the Japanese domestic market version of the Galant VR4 that they made for that. Because they made a twin-turbo V6 all-wheel drive manual Galant VR4. Of that That's body style. Really cool. But we did not receive it. We only received the front wheel drive V6 and four cylinder ones. Yet once. we federalized that drivetrain. I know. For the 3000 GT. I know. I know. It's entirely Mitsubishi. Like, there's a reason Mitsubishi is. The powertrain was already DOT certified. I know. There's a ah! reason. There's a reason that this car is my. Ex- my shining example. What the hell? Of eating shit after making a great car. Oh. <laughs> I, know, I am right? so irked by that. <laughs> it's really irritating, isn't it? I didn't even it's know a, that car existed. That bad of a car. Like, a sedan is better than a two door. Well, the, so yeah. So they had the Galant VR4, which is already a sedan. That's better than a 3000 yeah. GT, is what I'm saying. Yeah. And so you had all oh. everything going for you. You had everything available. You didn't give it to us. I'm so peeved. So that's an example. Of what I say, what is the most objectively bad and disappointing follow-up? Do all of yours first, because I read this wrong, and I did cars <laughs> that were way better after. So I picked okay. like the shit cars that were massively improved after they were done. Okay, that's fair. Um, Which are not necessarily mutually exclusive. but So I'm going to go with another one that people don't think of, because they just think the whole brand as a whole is a bit shit. <laughs> okay. Saturn. Okay, well, that brand's dead. Yes, for the reason that this is why that brand's dead. So the Saturns in the 90s, the SWs, the SLs, the SCs, mm-hmm. actually really good cars. Mm-hmm. They had a bespoke engine. They were designed 
bespoke by themselves and everything. They're very, very successful, except production or R and D costs are like through the roof. Um, GM in after the second generation SLSW body style, GM came in and just had Saturn instead of making their own bespoke models, just captive importing Opals, mm-hmm. and that's where the Saturn L series came in. Yep. And that is the car that killed that brand. If you get into a Saturn SL, you got a late model Saturn SL, manual, like an SL2, manual with the dual overhead cam engine, actually a really good car. SL1 is probably where I would draw the line of acceptable. The SL2s are really ugly. No, the SL1 means single overhead cam. SL2 means dual overhead cam. What am I thinking of? I'm thinking of like the, the roundier. first and second body style. Three. Okay. Yeah. I'm saying... Like, as a car, as an actual driving instrument, sure. it is a way better. Like, it's actually just as good of a car. Mm-hmm. The second I know generation. they handle really well. And They're everything. super yeah. good cars. Um, but then you get into a Saturn L, even a Saturn L three hundred. Yeah. Just garbage top. To yeah, those bottom. were Opel Vauxhall. Yeah. And when they first came out, I'm like, oh, cool. It looks like a very European car from GM. But like nobody that bought Saturn or GM wanted a European car. Well, not only that. It looked like that. They took all the mechanical goodness and mm-hmm. replaced it for aesthetic goodness and nothing else. And voxel parts, which are hard to find. And GM reliable. So, not that great. Keep going. Um, so, yeah, the Saturn L series really, I think, is just the biggest L that GM ever took on any individual model. Yeah, there you go. Yeah, that's a pun. <laughs> it's a Saturn L. It's an L series. Ah, I took an L. <laughs> um, but I think a card that, like, a lot of people throw into this category, but do it completely unfairly, is the Ford Mustang 2. Is I think the Ford Mustang 2 falls more into the 280ZX category than it does the objectively bad category. Because a Mustang 2 is a, it's based off of the Pinto. It's also got a lot of parts carryover with the Ford Capri in Europe. It was actually a pretty high-tech car. Yeah, it was a really good car. And mm, actually, I never said it was good. Just well, it was high-tech. I mean... It, it, the V6 is actually one of the best. Is that the Granada engine? Uh, it is the Cologne. Cologne, V6? yeah, yeah. But a Ford Granada. Yeah. Okay, all right. I think they're same family. Yeah, it, it's a, it's a actually a good V6 that you can actually make power, and it has a racing pedigree. Mm-hmm. Um, so the, the engine's good. The car is good. There that is one of a Triumph. It's cool. Yeah, very cool. But um, I think it's just the fact that it was just it was in between rack and pinion steering. Yes, rack and pinion steering. It was in between the muscle car Mustang and the Fox body Mustang. That's well, it was a miser. It was engineered yeah. to be that. So. Yeah. And it's one of those things where it's actually, I've got a friend named Dylan who's actually got a Ford Mustang 2 Gia that he's building with a bunch of Mercury Capri performance parts. And he's actually making a cool, like, road, like, vintage rally car out of it. I think if you took that, like, 70, late 70s Japanese modification style and you applied it yeah, that's, to that. That's, that's kind of what he's doing. doing. Yeah, yeah. That's what he's doing. Yeah. Like those like four spoke, like gold center, dishy chrome wheels yeah. that are like 13 inch and like yeah. the flares and you can lower make it. Really cool. You could probably make it pretty cool. He's actually, he's doing a uh, Ford Pinto front bumper and a fiberglass rear bumper. So he's getting rid of the, the baby buggy bumpers. Okay. He's doing like everything he can to make the car like look way better. And like honestly, where he's at right now already looks a hundred percent better than normal. That's really cool. But like it's the only time I've ever heard of somebody actually building a Mustang too and not trying to just make it a drag car, but actually like playing up the performance of that car. Because it's actually a good car. Well like, modify it in a in a way that isn't an American modification. Yeah, you modify it as you you, you modify it as you would modify like a three a E twenty one three series. 
I would say more a Datsun 510. Or a 510. Well, that's what I'm saying. You, you do them the same way. Where you do... 2002, maybe. E21s are more on the, the newer age of but modification I mean, like, stuff. What I'm saying is with modifying, instead of just trying to make it go fast in a straight line, right. you, play up its, you play up its benefits. Okay. You you leave the performance on, at the side where you can get some. You're not going to be like the world's fastest car. <laughs> you understand going into it, it's not worth it. Yeah. You're, <laughs> you're not going to be really fast. But it can handle like really well. It can yeah. sound cool. It can sound cool, it can handle well, it can look great. Yeah. You just have to make it do that. Um, and I think I'm my, actually very intrigued to see his car done. Well, not done, but like I, out and about. Yeah. So it, um, <clears throat> Have we had him on before? I don't think we have. But we I could, I, yeah, I'll definitely, because uh, Dylan Anderson would totally, he's one of Jana's friends that like okay. ended up, I ended up being friends with. Um, but yeah, he's a very, very uh, cool car that he's building. Uh, but I'm going to give you my last example Okay. Off the top of my head, that sure. goes into just objectively bad. <laughs> That'll hop into my reverse arguments. <laughs> I'm gonna go with the Mark V Golf. The, yeah. Just yep. so much worse in every way than the Mark IV. The thing is, when it came it was, out, it, yeah. it was like, oh, this is gonna be great. We get a budget Audi. Yeah. For Volkswagen Golf, and, like and as they age, nobody, like, nobody, oh, nobody no. said it slowly. Nobody said it slowly. Everybody's well, I, I budget Audi. <clears throat> nobody said budget Audi. Audi. Yeah. Nobody said it like that. Right. And that's what I'm saying. The Mark V Golf in every way is just objectively worse. Well, keep in mind, we had just gotten off the B5 A4. Yeah. Like that was a great car. Yeah. Getting like, into the B6 A4, nobody knew that they were shit yet. Yeah, exactly. Like, so, yeah, the Mark IV was that's the a, last. That's the Mustang right now, as, as it sits. I, is he going to lower it more? Yeah, he's going to lower it. But, I mean, okay. also, if you look at the Grand, uh, Grand Marquis wheels, look great. They do. But, uh, yeah, so that's where he's starting. So, yeah. It, I'm going to sound stupid for saying this, but he needs to go with a smaller wheel and a smaller tire and more lows and bigger fender flares and things. He's already lowered it since that photo. So, that's <clears throat> he's getting other... Uh, he needs to go parts, balls yeah. to the wall with that mod. And then that's the front bumper he's doing. That's still probably the best looking that's Mustang a Pinto, 2 I've that's ever a seen. That's a Pinto yeah, bumper. I understand. But I mean, I'm like, saying his yeah. car, though. And then that's the rear bumper that they're going to put on it. So Much better. Yeah, it's going to be a really dope Mustang, too. I'm really excited. Because he previously built a really cool Bronco, too. <laughs> so he just, he finds he's only going for cars that have a 2 in the name. <laughs> he's going for cars that are just a bit Next shit. up, Saturn SL2. Yeah, exactly. Um, but anyway, back on the Mark V Golf. Uh, you went from a five-valve, 1.8 turbo. That is like a great engine, which is one of Audi's three good engines. Yeah, and then ever. you went to a 2.0T, which in every iteration, I will fight to the death on this, just like Aston Martin. That is shit in every way. There's no, there's did, nothing good about 2.0T. Did I tell you about uh, last time I drove the 355? Like two weekends ago, mm-hmm. I went to Micro Center in it on my way to drink with my brothers. Yeah, I parked next to a B6.5, A4. Yeah. And the guy started talking to me about my car. He's like, you got a little bit of a coolant smell. I'm like, yeah, it's a Ferrari. It, just, yeah. it does that. <laughs> I'm like, I noticed you have a 2.0T and you still, it runs. He's like, <laughs> yeah, it just started leaking oil. I'm like, ooh, you're due for a rear main. I couldn't see the car very yeah. well. I'm like, is it a TSI or an FSI? He's like, it's a TSI. I'm like, oh. He's like, I just did the water pump and I think I got it to seal this time. And I've done timing chains. I'm like, oh, okay, well, you're getting there. <laughs> <laughs> like, shortly thereafter, he's like, I can see a puddle of coolant. I'm like, really? Like, yeah, there's a puddle. I'm like, all right, that's not normal. <laughs> I proceeded to drive and fix it. It was a loose hose climb. But, like, 
We're just like. See, this is the thing. You have Ferrari. Ripping on each. He has a normal car. Right. <laughs> like you have a terrible Audi, and like I have an exotic car, and I guarantee my hose clamp is easier to fix than his rear main seal. Yeah, like that's the thing. It's like you've every like I was oh, saying when I was working no. at Gate Karma is the two OT. It is a six-sided dice, and every single side has a thousand-dollar fix on it. Mm-hmm. And every time you start mm-hmm. that car, you roll your d20, and if you get you do a constitution check for, and your constitution's a five, anything that's above a five, you're going to take an L on. Mm-hmm. And then and just roll for what breaks. It doesn't have any endearing qualities to make up for that No, either. it's not good at anything. No, it's like, not an inspired power plant. It doesn't look great. No. It doesn't sound When the great. Mark V GTI came out, the huffs, the 18-inch huff wheels, I adore. I love those wheels. I, yeah. I really like how an 06 Golf GTI looks. Yes. Stock. That is it. I don't like the car. I owned one for a while. That's the only Volkswagen Auto Group product I've ever owned. I've, I've owned a couple, but that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. We won't talk about that. Um, Where did it touch you, Ryan? Yeah. <laughs> well, it didn't, it, it, is right. it didn't touch me anywhere. It tried to throw me out of the vehicle when the seatbelt I remember the, the, the simultaneously or whatever failed the hell it was. with yeah. the... Sorry, I'm doing the tangents now. Yeah. Sorry, but. but anyway, so the Mark V, the closest thing to a redeeming factor on that vehicle is the five-cylinder engine, which is really, 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 really good. After the first year and a half of production. Yeah, exactly. But that's the thing is like, it that does not make up for the rest of the vehicle as a whole. The shit. interiors held up really well, and they're really nice. Kind of compared to a Mark IV. Yeah, compared to Mark IV. No, not really, because their headliners sag, and the dashboards crack. Really? Yeah. Uh, okay, I knew the seats held up really well. And then the, the window switches break. Did the... My, also, my... the taillights. <clears throat> the taillights are not fused, and water gets into them. Shorts out the whole fucking car. <laughs> Jesus Christ, I'm glad <laughs> I sold this thing. I will say, my favorite, like, my favorite Volkswagen probably is an 04 GLI Bloodline. Which That'd is be cool. the red yeah. GLI badge because yes. it had the BBS RCs on it or whatever. Mm-hmm. It had the six speed. Mm-hmm. It had the last 1.8T. Mm-hmm. It had the tartan seats. Yep. Like, great looking car. Well, so let's just like go back like before the Mark V. So we had the Mark IV. We had the 25th anniversary edition. Mm-hmm. Um, R32 aside, like normal golfs. You had R32 wasn't good because it's a timing chain monster. But I mean, it's, it, it's a cool. It is a cool car, and yeah. I think a stock R32 is a buy. Yeah. Well, we, there's one that sold a low-mile stock R32 in that really cool blue, mm-hmm. like Solon Brand trailer. My uncle bought one of those brand new in 2003. Oh, wow. Well, he would have made a profit because it was sold for like $60,000 or something. Yeah, we're not surprised by that. I was actually angry when he sold it. But, um, so, anyway, with this R32, or, other than the R32, so you have the Bloodline edition, you have the 25th anniversary edition. Which is kind of the same thing in yeah. golf form, yeah. Uh, and then you have the... Going back to the Mark III, you have the K2, you have the, you have Mark so III's many, rust too much. It's true, but I mean, like, I'm just saying, like, these cars are just better than the Mark V, because they all had something endearing. It's like the, well, the, the Mark III had the 90s bus fabric seats, which was awesome. Yes, which is very cool. And the K2 package, which is, like, everybody sleeps on it, and it's my favorite package, because you had the entire K2, like, snow gear, everything. Mm-hmm. Super cool. Um, and even, like, keep in mind, like, yeah. The, in 90, I think, 
six. Yeah. And uh, they brought out the VR six. Yeah. That car was a freaking rocket ship. It was it's faster. Five actually. Ninety five. It was yeah. amazingly early. Yeah. Whatever it was, I think the Corrado even got it a year earlier. But that car, like the yeah. the twelve valves, actually in VR six terms, pretty reliable. Yeah. You and can make a lot of power with, on with that. Yeah. yeah, with that five speed, like you could probably drive one of those with not ridiculous maintenance for a long time. Yeah. And like it, you had to spend double to get a car faster than that. Yeah, seriously. Like that, it was a very, very good car. Like, so I that's did. endearing to the Mark III. But like, yeah, the Mark V, what did it offer us? Like it gave us like like a crappier, heavier car with the R32 engine. It gave us a worse TDI engine. It did give us the five cylinder, okay, which I, after I a while think, was good. I think it has independent rear suspension. Some of them do. But I mean, like that's the thing is like, it isn't. It doesn't handle better though. No, it's not like a Civic. It's heavier. It's not like a Civic where the double wishbone and trailing arm multi-link rear suspension setup made the car objectively better. Right. This one, like, it was a little it's bit a less item. harsh bump on. It was a little bit less harsh on bumps. That's what the Mark V gave you. Yeah. Like it didn't give you anything. You had the tartan seats and a five-cylinder engine, and nothing else. That was it. I do like the seats. Oh, and the one I had. had don't leather, too. don't think they don't rust. Because they have huge paint failure issues. In fact, Dude. Volkswagen actually had a recall on it. Mine was three years old. It had 59,000 miles on it. The engine didn't run because the oil pump had already seized, and the balance shaft was fucked, and it was rusting on five panels. Yeah. Like, seriously. it's They're objectively bad in every way. So, yeah, the Mark V Golf, the <clears> last <throat> one of my cars. And I promise you I didn't mention this topic. Just to say the Mark V Golf, I mentioned this topic I didn't because, even notice the Mark V Golf in the notes yeah. when I wrote mine. There you go. Like, um, <laughs> when I wrote this topic, I wrote it because I was like, I was trying to think about that. I'm like, what what is the car like? Actually, was like in every way worse than its predecessor. That's a really good answer because the Mark IV, as much as people hate on it, it's solid. I, I hate Mark IVs. I hate, for the most part, do not like Volkswagen like Bros. Josh. And, yeah. <laughs> For the most part, do not like Volkswagen no, Bros, cool. but um, like it, I, I can. It is still, a better car. Though. It is a good car. It is so much better than Mark V. And like I get the hype. I just like anybody that fanboys too hard about a car. I'm just I, I get irritated with. Scott says Z33 versus Z32. Yeah, that that's a Z was worse. Yeah, 350Z was much worse. But I mean, like, but yeah. it gave us the CD double on nine, so that was yeah. Good. So it had like, a good transmission. Things like. But 350Z you can actually make as a platform, like, to, like, do good stuff. Yeah, but a Z32 is a great platform. It's just hard to work on. But, yeah, and that's the thing. It's, like, the Z32, like... That was really its Achilles heel. Yeah, it's just difficult to work on. But, I mean, like, I, I think that the the question is, like, is a, v, is a VQ actually worse than the VG? I think so. I don't think so, though. That's the thing. As I, I honestly cannot say 100% that the VQ is... I think they're both a bit shit. Yeah, they're differently shitted. I think they, they both suck, but I think they suck in different ways. Whereas, like... Right, but all the twin-turbo Zs still run. It's just whether... How long they've been parked due to turbocharger yes. issues versus I don't have timing chains anymore. Yeah, and I, I think that that's the thing. Is like the Z32, the big issue with the Z32 is a later-in-life issue. It's not something where it's like... That's a car where it's like... I would say it's worse, but like you can make an argument for it. It's not a car that there's no argument for where there's just, like, no way that, like, this is a brand-killing car. It's not like that. It should have been, but it was too hard to... It was too expensive. That's why it wasn't a brand-killing yeah. car, and it was too hard to work on. I That's think really what... Another great example, the EP3 Civic SI. 
Uh, oh, the O three, O two, O two. That's another one. It's just like I'm worse in every way. But it's a hatch. God. Hatches are better that, than see. Sedans. That's the thing. That's why I didn't put it on. It's because it's a hatch, and the hatch is better. It, than That's the a redeeming that, quality. That, had they given had, us an EM one hatch. Yeah. Oh. Like, it would have been. Oh, I bought yeah. one of those new. Yeah. It would. Well, they did. It was called the Civic SIR. But yeah. You, yeah, I would recommend importing one. RSX versus Integra. The list of things RSX can, it, it's worse, but it's not that much worse. I think RSX was just a little too heavy and, again, a little too expensive. Also, it was just coming off of, how do you improve on a, 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 a DC2 Integra Type R? RSXs are K20s, right? Yeah. But, like, you just, you literally, Honda put themselves in a corner with that car. Like, there's no way that you could improve on a DC2 Integra Type R, like, without making something else worse and mean and emissions. I think the prices reflect that, yeah. And I, I think I think that they made a really good car on its own would have been a great car. The DC2 ITR might go down in history as the best front-wheel drive car ever. A lot of people say that, and I, I, I can't disagree. I can make an argument for the EK Anyone Civic. that's driven a 90s or a 2000s front-wheel drive Honda <laughs> will understand yeah. that if you want a front-wheel drive car for whatever godforsaken reason, you buy a Honda. Yeah. Anybody that says otherwise is just wrong. They're just wrong. <laughs> You're just, <laughs> just wrong. <laughs> like, there's just no other thing to Scott go says, on. Renault Sport Megane has to be up there. It is. Uh, Renault does really good front-wheel drive cars, but they are not on the same tier. Yeah. I mean, that's the thing is, like, Scott, you really have to, like... They'll like, benefit from having made them, like, a completely different time. Renault front-wheel drive got good when the ITR died. Yeah. I think I think that that's true. If the if the ITR didn't exist, the Renault Sport Megane mm-hmm. would probably be the greatest front-wheel drive car. And they're really good. But it's also one of those things where it's like, this is one of those cars where you cannot describe how good it is without like, it's like trying to describe, like a good wine or like really good food or like a good song. Like you can't. It just happened to work that well. It, it is yeah. It, it is so much more than some of its parts. It's more than just a feeling. It, it is more than. There are not English words that can describe how that car makes me feel. Like, I think the closest thing is uh, Mazda's little thing with with the Miata where they say Jinba Itai, Hmm. where it means horse and rider is one. Where I feel like it's that, but there's also, like, that still doesn't encompass it because the feeling of the car, like, everything down to the... The durometer of the engine mounts is perfect on the Integra Type R. Mm. Like, they just made literally a perfect that's car. That's the greatest hits front-wheel drive Honda. And yeah. that's that's a big statement because there have been a lot of very good front-wheel drive Hondas. I'm going to put the ITR up there with the DB5. Yeah? I think that... Honestly, that's one of those cars, like, if I just happened to see one that was, like, in my kind of spec, we're like, yeah, it's been in a crash, but it's been fixed. Yeah. And, like, it's got a ton of miles. Or, like, the engine burns oil, which they all the do. T- the the fifteen to $20,000 Integra Type R. Yeah. If if honestly, if one of those came up and it was fifteen grand and it was okay, yeah, I would one hundred percent do that. I think you absolutely should because it will be worth more. Yeah. Yeah. The the I haven't driven one, but I guarantee it is that good. So what are what would you <laughs> put on this list? Because so, I feel like again, you're gonna come with some European stuff I didn't think of. I had it the other way around. So I picked a car that just like it was either in the middle of two good models or it was a bad car that just turned into a good car. Okay. So this is totally different. The 280ZX syndrome for you as a JDM guy is the BMW E21 syndrome for yeah, a German yeah, car guy. Yeah. So my first answer is the E21. And this fits too because it fits your 
yeah. um, your thing because like the E10 was way better and like it just it didn't make sense because it was a worse car. Yeah. But it 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 had all the following. I mean, it was it was the track day bitch for like twenty yeah. years after it was produced. E twenty one, none of that, just because it was the same stuff, but maybe a little worse in a heavier body. It was just objectively worse. And then the E thirty, and we all know the history is just like the E twenty one. It didn't have any like in the in the U S. We didn't get any six cylinder engines. And I think I think we could we could even call this E twenty one syndrome. Mm-hmm. Because this is a car that is just objective. That's what worse. I said. I mean, yeah. you call it 280ZX syndrome. For me, that's yeah. E21 syndrome. Well, I mean, because I think that they're two different things. Where the 280ZX was actually a legitimately very good car. Well, some E21s were too. But I mean, like, as a car. Okay. If a 280ZX was called a Leopard in the United States, mm-hmm. a completely different name, mm-hmm. it would be, it would go down as one of the greatest Malays sports cars. It was a great car. It is just sandwiched in between shit. So it's like, like calling it's just, an EV crossover a Mustang. Kind of, yeah. Like if the if okay. the if hmm. the mock if the Machi was called the Ford, the like the, the the Lightning E, you had or a the, better answer. The Galaxy. The Galaxy. Yeah. The Galaxy. Yeah. If, if they call it the Galaxy, Tucker it'd be keeps way posting better. Lightning yeah. everywhere. I'm like, that's fair, but yeah. I think if it was called the Galaxy, it'd be way better. But like, I think that the E21, the E21, if that was called. A BMW 2 Series or a 4 Series in 1970, it would still be shit. Yeah, I, they drive fine, yeah. but it, it's not. It's so underwhelming. That's the thing. Is like it's just it's not good. It's just it's okay. Next one I've got. So a car that was okay. It wasn't actually that much worse than its predecessor, but it was quite a bit worse than the car that followed it up. The W203 Mercedes C Class. Driggs Mercedes, yes. A W203. I believe he has one. Really? Yes. When he's did he got, get that? He's got a lot of Mercedes. So he's got, was it, uh, 90, no, sorry, 2001 to 2006? I think he's, I think he's got one. Wow. The, the, the C230 compressor? Like that? No, that's a two. Well, the, that was offered in both. The body style, though, the 203, the early 90s, the mm. post 190E. No, that's a 202. Those are cool. Okay. He's got a C43 that he's oh. swapping. And oh. I'm, I'm angry with him. I'm talking the W203. Oh. The 01 to 06. Yeah. The water-based are, paint catastrophe that's all chrysler fied. Yeah. So they had... Wait, what was the, the CLK, I think, was the one that, from that... What was the... Uh, yeah, there was a CLK in that era. I mean... That one, I would say, is just a piece of shit across the board. There's nothing good about that car. They're fine. They really don't have any major issues except for the water-based paint. And the taillights. Well, they're, they're not attractive. No. No, they're not attractive. That's not what I'm <laughs> saying at all. The 203 is actually a good-looking car in some trims, but it's a terrible car. Yes. I think the, the 203 I'd have difficulty putting on this list. We test drove in 06 a very late 05 C350 with the 7-speed auto with the Sport Pack. Mm-hmm. It had those really nice 7-spoke, like very edgy-looking wheels. It was lower. It had a nice interior. had the better engine, the yeah. newer 3.5 V6, 7-speed auto. We almost ended up with that instead of a 335, but I'm glad we didn't because of the rust. And again, so bad, yeah. that was the last year of this, like, the, the Chrysler influence really hung on from, like, 96 to 06. That yeah. generation of Mercedes, you really have to mean it to want one. Yeah. Um, and the, the C-Class, I mean, it didn't have the money to buy its way out of these problems. No, it didn't. So, it was just, it, it was the entry level. And the 204 was such a good car. Mm-hmm. It was so good. Yeah, it was, <laughs> like, the generations around <clears throat> it. I think... Um, well, the 202 I, wasn't that much better, ba- but... What would be a great example in this case of, like, the... The, the 
Mark V golf syndrome. Yeah. Um, I think this is what I might call this. Uh, or I guess they had the E21 syndrome. Um, I would say if they called the ML the G-Wagon. Because the oh, ML man. was originally, when they designed the ML, they were designing it to be a replacement for the Galandavagon. Yeah, but when they designed the 928, they were designing it to replace the 911. But if they'd called the ML the the G320, and if they called the 928 the Buildings would have been on fire. That's what I'm talking about. Like this level of shit. And it's yeah, like, had they had they called the 203 C class like a, a B class at the time when the B a didn't different exist? Name, yeah. like, sure, a different name, yeah. It's, yeah. It makes sense that it's crappy. It's cheap. Yeah, and I think a lot of your cars are just cars that were very poorly marketed. I oh, think that definitely is the case for my next one and last yes. one, which is the Cadillac Catera. That one is the caddy that zigs. That should not have been a cat. You know what that would have been great for? That would have been the world's, just the coolest fucking Grand Prix. That would have saved Cadillac, if, mm-hmm. or saved Cadillac and Pontiac. That would totally save Pontiac if the Katera came here under the name the Grand Prix. Would have been yeah. just the coolest Rebel drive. In the world. Well, and had a better engine, maybe. Because, I mean, the, it, it had the Opal engine. If they called, because they already had Pontiac of the Grand Am, yeah. which had the three whatever. Uh, it would have been a three eight, but that's fine. But I mean, all like, the southern people like the. But I mean, like the the Katera would have been so cool if it was like if it was a Pontiac. It would have been just the best Pontiac. Or if they brought that back as like a GTO, that been yeah. That would have been a very cool. Well, it's the GTO. same platform. Yeah, like that would have been a very cool car if you had, if they had that with just like a Vortec in it. Like yeah. oh, dude, yeah, the, an you don't Opel even Omega. Even if it was the older small block, which yeah. at the time wouldn't make any sense, LT, but yeah. yeah, the LT one. But yeah, imagine an LS one. Well, I'm not even saying LS. Like if you got a truck, a four, if you got a four eight Vortec in that car, that would have been a True. a great yeah, name instead for of a the GTO. Bonneville GXP. Give us the Katera with a four eight. So that's the thing with the Bonneville. The Bonneville is supposed to be the biggest thing that they made. Uh, fine, H platform, yeah. Yeah, I know. So that, that's why I, I originally I thought of the word Bonneville, but I'm like, wait, that was actually supposed to be big. But I uh, think okay, like all right. yeah. So I, if Pontiac, but like, still, this that over, could yeah. have been better as a Pontiac. Yes. Yeah. But the thing is, the Katera with very little changes. Under the hood became the CTS. One second, the Katera um, is a Buick, and then you call that the um, the Buick Regal. That would have been a great last generation Buick Regal. Yeah, the old people would have loved it because it's yeah. rear wheel drive. It's or comfortable. a Skylark. You call it a Skylark or something. It would have been a perfect Skylark. That'd been a great Skylark. Skirt the rear fenders. Call it good. I mean, literally as it looked, like it would have been a great Skylark because they made the Skylark into the nineties. Yeah, but um, wow, yeah, they did. yeah, so a I, little big for a Skylark, but not. Crazy, I mean, like, but I mean, like, it, it, it's people were digging big cars then. That, that would have worked. Like, that would have worked really well as a Buick or a Pontiac, just not as a Cadillac. It's Buick a... should have introduced a car called the 3.8 or the 3800 only in beige. Says Scott, yes, <laughs> the Buick 3800. <laughs> that would make I kind of dig that actually. Yeah, Wait, the Pontiac. You know what? What assault? Yeah. <laughs> Every time I hear Pontiac 6000, I know it's a real car, but it reminds me of the 6000 SUX from Robocop. Oh, my God, yes. <laughs> Which was also a Ford Thunderbird, apparently. Beautiful. Just gorgeous. Just a perfect embodiment. You know what also is something I didn't think about? Uh, the Malay's Thunderbird, just in every way, was just a brand-killing car. Yeah. It's but, amazing that the brand came back after that. Yeah, like that's just a car where it's just like... There's nothing good about it. There's Actually, all Thunderbirds after... No, because you had the 
turbocharged ones actually kicked ass a lot. They were very fast, and they have a really good racing pedigree, and you can make a shitload of power on them. I have never even heard into that the nineties. Okay. Yeah, really dumb. I didn't know that, but I watched a Donut Media video. I on guess the two three turbo ones yeah. and the Eaton M ninety supercharged ones may be okay, but yeah, and that's the thing is like, but I mean that was like, and then the new one, the the S type powered. Oh, oh, oh my god! I totally forgot about that. Oh, there we go. That is. That is the perfect example. I thought forever that those were Ford modular powered. No. Until I realized that they had the S-Type engine in them. I'm like, that is a 3.9 you know, liter Land Rover you know, engine. Yeah, that's really bad. But I think that one is going to be our, our winner for... That's what we're going to call it. We're going to call it Thunderbird Syndrome. <laughs> <laughs> so, Deal. Because the last generation Thunderbird is just the biggest eating shit after like they were making a comeback and they're yep. just like you're like this is great the thunderbird's great it's so cool like every drug dealer has a thunderbird and what the fuck it's the simpsons meme where he's riding his bicycle and he puts a stick through his own front yes, wheel exactly and the mercury <laughs> the mercury cougar is another one oh. like that where the mercury cougar was a box mm-hmm. body and then they made it into a ford probe with just... an even harder to change alternator oh god all right. Uh, on that, not wanting to talk about that anymore. I want to briefly talk about a company that I really genuinely thought was vaporware. What? Lucid Air. So Lucid Motors. No, is I know the what company. you're talking about. Yeah. yeah, we talked about the Lucid Air. It was one of those things like the, you know, the, um, uh, the the Nikola, all these other yeah, startups. Trucks, yeah, yeah, yeah. Whatever. That's all just like okay, whatever. Show me something to tell me that you're not vaporware. I set this aside. A couple days ago, they actually had their unveiling. Apparently, I mean, not only is this company real, they have a huge staff of people, most of them poached from Tesla and other EV companies. They have factories, workers. They have a concrete product that actually works. And they have a few specs that beat all of the competition, which is good because the first model they're intending to put out is $169,000. But hear me out. That is about the same as a Taycan Turbo S, mm-hmm. and it's only a bit more than a performance Tesla Model S. And I like the way it looks a lot more on a Tesla. Yeah, it's like Kia's modern design language had a love child with Jaguar, Land Rover, and Tesla. Actually, I was to say, if you take a Kia Soul and you take, a stinger, but you yeah. take the Kia Soul design language and you put that on a leaking Continental platform. Mm-hmm. And that's what you get. Yeah, that's said suicide doors, absolutely. Well, but the, it's, the it's a sedan, which I really like. It's really cool. Um, but this not only beats the 400-mile mythical range target that all these EV wannabes are like, oh, I can't buy an EV until it does at least 400 miles. Mm-hmm. The one with the shitty wheels does, I think, 500. It's in my notes. Over 500 miles. Yeah. I think it's 517 <clears throat> miles, which is yeah. nuts. Um, it's... Yeah, 517 miles. 113 I mean, kilowatt hours, um, 2.5 seconds to 60. And even with the bigger wheels, they're still quoting it at 457 miles, which is nuts. So I don't really have much... 517, of, yes. I, I guess I, I don't really have that much of an issue with like EVs for like, range. I don't see why people are so problematic. I guess I also work from you, home, so like I really don't even give a shit. That's the thing. You don't need it, but I get it. Yeah. I, for the people that, like, that's their only excuse for not buying an EV is the range. I'm like, well, now you don't have that. Now they just Do you know how, price, but. you want to be really great when EVs are all, all exist, like every car turns into an EV, and like 400 miles is going to be like that, the time to get, like the yeah. mileage you get. Tomo, Wisconsin. I would buy real estate in Tomo, Wisconsin right now because it's exactly <laughs> halfway to Chicago. 
<laughs> well, the Dells is yeah. halfway. Well, no, it's, it, no, the Dells are just a little bit before. If you actually do the math exactly, mathematically halfway is Tomah, Wisconsin. I'm just doing miles. But yeah, it's um, yeah, that that's a, uh, I mean, that, that's a really cool car. It's a great looking car. It does look like a Kia. Which is not a bad thing at all. No, no, Kia's looking like a Kia is a, is a really uh, endearing thing to say. It has a, a Model X style windshield where it comes all the way up to the B pillar. Yeah, but it's so. a little different. They actually like epoxied the um, sun visor mirrors onto the. Yeah, glass. see that? It's really cool, actually. It's it's you know oh, it's taking no. chances. What? Imagine how terrible it's going to look at like from outside. Yeah, it's probably not going to be, but you tint it. You just do the tint thing, and it'll be fine. <laughs> it'll be you just, you so just tint bad. it. It'll look be at fine. We get the epoxy. Oh, God. I imagine they'll get the fit and finish pretty well. I mean, even Tesla at this point have been able to get the fit and finish down on this kind of stuff. But, I mean, so. that's the thing is Tesla doesn't have, like, epoxy that they have to make you look at. The uh, the seats don't look particularly comfortable, even though they're very stylish. Um, glass roofs I really like, but even with really crazy UV-blocking tint, they get hot inside. Yeah, that's true. Um, my car has tinted glass roof, and the air conditioning, you know, it works a lot harder than it has to. Um, Scott's keep, he's telling me to look at the front and the trunk. I'm trying to find the pictures. I like the bear. <sighs> the bear is cool. Um, anyway, yeah, it has. I think another example of a car, come to think of it, of a car that just like ate shit after it was great, was the B14 Sentra. The Sentra after the Sentra SER. Y- yeah, you're talking like the 06, 07? No, I'm talking like the 95 Sentra. Because the 90, the the, the, the the early 90s Sentras? Yeah. The, well, the, B, the, the more boxy the, looking the ones, the ones that are yeah. still in production in another part of the world? That they just got rid of in oh, Mexico. damn. The, the Nissan Tsuru, uh, Blaine Torino was the last generation I of it. I only know that this car exists because of you, so mm-hmm. yes, that's fine. Um, But yeah, so... I think I know what you're talking about. So, like, the late 90s Sentra. The late 90s Sentra. That's yeah. in our car. It's just, like, absolute horseshit. They're all gone, mm-hmm. and they didn't sell enough for me to care in the beginning. So. Well, I think they sold a lot of them. It's just, like, every Sentra after the B13 has been shit. And it's just, I don't understand how that car is still in existence. I mean, they made a later SER. Which wasn't like, any good. No, it didn't have any power. It was like... You couldn't make any power because it had a unique engine that wasn't used in anything else. Neutral job did one of those. <laughs> it actually held on pretty well, I have to say. The transmission seems very stout in those. Um, but anyway, I'm I'm more excited. I don't really care about the product. It's yeah. whatever. But it's going to force all the other EV car companies to follow suit and do better. So thank you, Lucid, for forcing everyone else to do better. I'm not mad about that. No, and it is a great-looking car. And if you have the, the means, I recommend you look into it. Oh, God. What? We forgot to remove the half-million-dollar question from this episode as well. Uh, so did you hear that the, Nisa, that the uh, PlayStation is 25 years old as of yesterday? Which police station? No, the PlayStation. Oh. E-L-A-Y-S-T-A-T-I. Oh, yeah. Oh, great. Gran Turismo. Now you've got a fucking Eiffel 65 B-side stuck in your head. Yeah, the PlayStation is 25 years old now if you want to feel really old. I remember going to Funko Land and getting ours brand new. Very cool. I never had one. But I remember that um, the Chinese kid next to me, not being like racist or anything, he actually was Chinese-American. No, that's, that's fine. But um, <laughs> the, Chinese kid, the Chinese kid that lived across the hallway from me got a PlayStation. Is blown away. I'm like, 
whoa, you got a video game on a CD? He goes, yeah, dude, check this out. CD's Bam, black. Slap. Look at that. Look at this. It's playing a video game, playing Tekken. I'm like, this is so cool. It was like all 3D everything. Because I didn't, nobody in my apartment had N64 yet. Oh. So all we had ever seen is Super Nintendo. So like 3D to me was Star Fox. Yeah. Which is like. The N64 I, is an impressive console. And you, it has a way better game if catalog. If you ever but... played the Super Nintendo Star Fox though. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I, my uh, my cousin Trent was yeah. super into the early Star Foxes, and then he got an N64 for Christmas in, like, 97. Yeah. And then he showed me Star Fox 64. I'm like, this is the coolest game in the world. Yeah. So, anyway, um, yeah, this is, uh, yeah, so the PlayStation was, like, finally turned 25. And I'm like, I, I see it. I'm like, this is so cool. Look at all this, like, stuff. Like, there's, like, you don't have any, like, analog joysticks. Like, this is cool. Well, and later they did. Yeah, they but... did later on, but the early ones didn't. Right. But uh, no, I found that out. I thought it was really cool. I have very durable controllers. Extremely survived durable. a lot of anger. I think they were designed. <laughs> <laughs> a lot of prototype hours. Oh man, what was your favorite original PlayStation game? Gran Turismo. So also Jumping Flash. Driver Two. Mm, interesting. That was my favorite. Driver Two. A game that did didn't for... even attempt to have a physics engine. Yeah, but I mean, like, it was really cool that, like, I'd never seen an open-world game like that. Okay, that is fair. they did that before GTA 3. Oh, yeah, way before. GTA yeah. 3 was, like, a PS2 title. Yeah. Uh, Driver 1, you had, like, these, like, stupid time ones that sucked. But Driver 2, like, that was a really cool game. That's fair. Like, I would say that might be That's a tar- like Midtown Madness for PC. Yeah, yeah it really, like, it was. Um, Midtown Madness 3. People slept on that Is that on the that one game. that had the Volkswagen Beetle on the front? Yes. Yeah. That was a good game. I that love that game. That was a good game. Um, Horrible physics, but good game. I might want to build a vintage computer so I can play Midtown Madness uh, 3 again. If you want to borrow one relatively long term, I have brand new builds. I have so. to I have to find a copy of it, though. That shouldn't be a problem. I was stunned how easy it was to find <laughs> box copies of pretty much anything I wanted, including Stratosphere, which is my favorite 90s computer game. Awesome. I, my, my favorite 90s computer game was actually, it's called... Uh, <laughs> oh, yeah, Crash Bandicoot, good call. Final Fantasy 7 and 8 were really good, too. Ooh, those are really good. Yeah, yes. FF7. Yep. Yeah. Okay, all right. That's up there. Um, but uh, I think my favorite uh, computer game... Oh, man, I was really a big fan of Lemmings. But that's like, I'm going to count that as an 80s game. <laughs> like, I also have a CD copy of Lemmings you might borrow. Dope. <laughs> um... <laughs> My favorite 90s computer game in that era was this game called G.I. Combat, which like turned into Steel Division. It was the exact same game as Steel Division. It's like a World War II, like, you like oh, RTS boring. sort of game. Yeah. Well, it's, no, it's RTS. I like RTS. Yeah, but... it's, a RT, it's a World War II RTS. Yeah, but at that time, Command & Conquer existed. That's true. So it makes but all other RTSs irrelevant. Today, my favorite 90s video game ever, by far, The Grim Fandango. Oh, Okay. That That's fair. Such a great game. Like you don't play that it game really as a video good. game. You play that game as a movie. Yeah. And really, any of the Tim Schafer games from that era. That's but, like, like a slightly better, but really graphically horrible Max Payne. Kind no that no it's different because that one the story is a little bit better in Grim Fandango. Grim but... Fan, no Grim Fandango is a point and click adventure game. Yeah, yeah, it's, well, not it's like, like Max it's Payne. like Pajama Sam, but like the. It's closer to Secret of Monkey Island. I it's the same that. thing as Secret Monkey Island. You've played never that. played Secret Monkey Island? No. Oh! I guess Dude. I'll have to get it on GOG and stream <laughs> you it. You literally have to get Secret of Monkey Island. It's Secret so of good. Monkey Island? Yeah, the Secret of Monkey Island. Yeah, I get that. You have to get it. It's so good. Let me see if <laughs> it's on GOG game. real quick. Oh, it is? 
You have to get Secret Monkey Island. It's like one of my oh, it's ten bucks. You have to get it. Maybe later. You literally have to Maybe get it. Maybe later. It's so good. Maybe later. But yeah, Secret Monkey Island and Grim Fandango. Full Throttle's another really good one. Any yep. of this Tim, Tim Schafer guys. Uh, the Grim Fandango is my favorite because it was spooky. <laughs> like, everybody's a skeleton in it. I loved that. Um, so that's my topic instead of a car topic. <laughs> I will, oh, that's totally fine. I actually think people probably enjoy seeing if we have more in common with them. Uh, yes. I do only have one more car topic, and then we'll end this episode. The incredibly ugly BMW M4 has been two. spied. Do you have I? Two. What? I thought we didn't. The 835. Eight, oh, the CSI? CSI? Yes, but oh. you can do that one last. I'll do, yeah, I'll, I want to get this bottom light out of here first. So, anyway, the incredibly ugly BMW M4, which nobody should buy, the new one, has been spotted in GTS trim outside of a world-famous racetrack. I'll let you use your mind on which one that might be. With a compacted squinty version of the 2008 Lexus ISF exhaust system. It looks really terrible. It is a trapezoid of terrible poo shoots. That looks awful. It looks terrible, and nobody should ever buy one of those to I'm prove not a point a, to BMW. I'm, I'm not at all a fan now, of Now, on a much better BMW note, thank you for reminding me that I actually had this. <clears throat> the BMW E31, a fabulous, wonderful car that isn't on the level of DP5, obviously, but still one of the best BMWs, in my opinion. We just saw a, I will say this, a nothing special U.S. spec 850 CSI close for $147,000. This car had 31,000 miles. It's got the no-cost option delete stupid mirrors on it. It doesn't even have the aero mirrors. It's in silver. It just, it's a silver on dove. Like, it's a terrible color combination. This car should not have gone for this amount of money. But my question is, what is this going to do for 840, 850i auto, and 850i six-speed values well, moving not, forward? Not shit for 840s, because they fucking blow. <laughs> In this country, they do. That car top to bottom sucks ass. In like, Europe, you could get an 840 with a six-speed. Okay. But I mean, like, it's still a fucking 840. You could also get an 830, which was a V8 three-liter. That sounds cool. It's pretty cool. Five-speed option, too. Anyway, uh, so, yes, I agree. It won't do anything for the automatic cars. <laughs> Nobody they all cares. suck. <laughs> it's but not... What it... no. Okay, Ryan, what is this going to do for my car, damn it? <laughs> I think your car will go up in value, of <laughs> I think course. So too. <laughs> <laughs> There's some asshole with an automatic A40 being like, this is a collector car. Did <laughs> you see that? They're going to bring a trailer. It's That's like the guy a... with the 84 I sending you the link to the quarter-million-dollar E30M3. That's <laughs> the same as my car it's it's not it's not a collector car it it sucks but seriously this car is thirty one thousand miles that's not that low and it is in the most boring color combination i could possibly fathom it so my question is does he have like insane maintenance records i mean yes because it's well fine but and it's not like it has the original sticker on like the gas gauge and stuff it's a really nice car i'm not trying to downplay that but it is not it's it's this it's not a $150,000 car. So on my, whenever I have listings uh, for cars, yeah. um, the ones that do the best are the cars that have crazy detail. So I had like an E36 that the guy gave me a... Is that that black 95 coupe? 806 photo album. 
how many of them were usable? 700 and I believe 92. Oh, okay. So Feel several. Like, yeah, I'm very irritated. Because <laughs> the, the car is the great, but it's like every time I get down to the gallery, I get another six photos given to me. Like, ah! <laughs> but anyway, his car is going to probably do great because he's got a super clean Dinan. Dinan. Dinan S3. It's like supercharged. Like, it's super rad. Like, fully built engine. He's got every receipt for everything that's ever been done to the car. Yeah, that kind of stuff. People just, like, get super jazzed on it. But on, yeah, on Brain Trailer, it's the receipts and the details that matter. You can have, because, I mean, it's most things where it's like... Is it actually, or is it just really listing out what has actually been done to this car and when? It's honestly the details on the car. Right. So, details, I get. That is... I don't think people give a shit about receipts if you can tell them exactly what happened to that car when. Well, no, that's the thing is having the receipts are huge because on Brain we can't say the receipts. Or we can't say, we have to say seller states or was allegedly, we have to use hedging language uh. if you don't have a receipt. But if you have a receipt, that's a, that's a howitzer right there for like your value. Like that's going to blow everything out of the hmm. water. So um, that's... Uh, that's the thing is I think if this car has like really good receipts on it, I think what you're looking at is probably the best possible example of one of these. Yeah. But this isn't one of those cars like the, the E39 M5 people I see that literally have like printed manicured binders with laminated sleeves and then with every piece of paperwork that has ever been for this car. It's just a really nice straight car that has a reasonable service history. Like if you go into the photo album, there isn't a binder. Also another item that this is a huge gallery and that also helps it is a premium listing but like here's his let me start with the paperwork photos so like okay he's got a google build sheet great you saved your keys great you've got the standard paperwork that comes with every one of these cars yeah right there great no that's one invoice for 16 grand that was done when 19 so he bought the car it had a ton wrong with it did that i've got one of those from my car when it was brought here from the pacific northwest i think that actually might be one of those might be the reason why that's it though that's all he has for paperwork he doesn't have a stack of receipts i just got one receipt there's probably something with this specific car that makes it worth the while because oh it's a csi and the fact that it's clean it's a very clean csi with receipts where somebody just went through and fixed all the crap that's wrong with it and it's well it's got a receipt that fixed all the crap it had a clutch yeah and so and you have that going for it you have the fact that it is the most desirable body style um, you also have the fact that even though it's kind of a boring color, like the color really makes the design of the car work. Uh, he's got like great detail photos of it. The car I was didn't like put a stock clutch in it. You animal. So this, oh. is, this is the thing is like everything works in it though. I think that's why. Um, cause I like green when you see these cars that go for bananas prices, it's not just like some random car, like that 240 SX that I, listed that sold for a record price yeah that was probably the best 240sx in existence and this might be the cleanest csi i've ever seen in my life and i think that's why it it has to be because there's nothing else it it's one of those cars where yeah it has it's not a desirable paint option it doesn't have be daytona violet individual with black interior you know what if i bet if this car was daytona violet with the fancy mirrors the black interior Mm -hmm. probably 200 grand easy yeah yeah 250 all day long it's like it with that super that sold like that was uh, the 
best Mark IV Supra that sold. And it was all the way down to having the factory flaws on it. Like, things like that, like, actually matter. I think that it's the fact that it's super original, the yeah, fact that you have the maintenance history on it, I think that really matters <clears throat> a lot. Okay, so there were 225 of these brought to the States. There were 847 of mine brought in. So I should start fabricating receipts then, is what you're saying. <laughs> because mean, I've done all my own maintenance, I just have to go back and look at my YouTube videos to see what I've done. If you actually... so I'm not planning to sell my car. I actually, I actually um, did a listing that was like that. Oh. If you provide the parts and proof that you put the parts on, Easy. that's enough. That will count as a receipt. It's just the fact that people can say, because like any Joe Blow can say, yeah, I did all this stuff, but like if they don't have well, receipts. Well, even if bring a trailer language, it was like seller reports that, and then like there's an underbody picture. It says like, well, I can see the control arms and the thrust arms right there. They're literally brand new. So, well, that's the thing is like, even that, I can't, I can't trust that. Right, I, which is why you who, have that language. Who am, who am I <laughs> to say this is for sure good? When somebody literally could, could have, have been just an painted. immaculately maintained ninety three control arm, they could have also just un- unbolted them, painted them, and put them back on. Refurbished. Yeah, like that's what I'm talking about. Like it's one of those things where it's like you can't say for sure, so I have to use these the, hedg- the hedging language and having receipt and proof of that. It's like having a five digit odometer and being able to prove for a fact that that odometer has not rolled over is huge for the value of your car. It is almost impossible to prove. Because you're gonna have to have every single receipt and every single and registration. Truth be told, since is, new. by and large, people don't care unless you've yeah. got like a DB5 level car. It's like okay, and, and then and, you start chasing stuff down. And that's the thing is like a, a lot of these cars. What a lot of people get upset about with bringing a trailer is they see these cars go for bananas prices, and yeah. then they just look at that face like, oh, whoa, somebody paid eighty thousand dollars for a Tucker Type R. Oh my god! And then you don't know, look at the fact that it's like this is the world's greatest Integra Type R that we can actually prove is, in fact, the world's greatest Integra Type R. Yeah, because you, you guys have to stand behind Yeah, like you actually have to stand so. behind that sort of stuff. <laughs> um, and so, like, that's the thing is, like, when you're getting these, these facts that you can actually legitimately prove, you know, that really changes the value. It's, like, if you have a, like a 330CIZHP, mm-hmm. that's, like, every single receipt, everything's been proven, everything's been done, it's great, it's got a clean Carfax history, you're good. If you have a 330CI with eight owners, three car accidents, open recall, and like visible problems with the car currently, it's not going to do as well. Even though both cars could be offered at no reserve. Well, really, like, you should be selling a 330i ZHP. Yes, that's Because that true. is the correct number of doors. Yes, but I'm just... I've never understood the CI. It's so I'm, I'm just saying like apples to apples, the two cars. Yep. Just, I happen I, to I ride you. two 330CIs this week, so... There are uh, interesting, yeah, no, I, I, I'm actually, I act dumb in this respect, but I know exactly what these buyers do and don't care about, but I'm still very surprised yeah, it, on it's this a, particular it's, car. It is amazing what the value will make, or what, what that will change in value. It's like detailing your car can go a long way, but like seriously, receipt For that goes, car, it's just how clean it was physically. Yeah. That's but, it. and it's There was one receipt issued with it. Yeah. That but I mean, count. well, that's, that's the whole thing. It's like that receipt also... Took care of major issues with their car. Yeah, but I guarantee every single six speed eight fifty has one of those receipts with it. Mine has one. Well, it's I mean, from like, or, or Autosport. If you, if you have a if you have a if you have a nineteen ninety five mm-hmm. Mercedes SL five hundred, and you have a, uh, Res- a receipt for a wiring harness. Yeah, that will double <laughs> your value of the <laughs> yeah, vehicle. Yes. If you have a nineteen ninety five SL five hundred with no receipts, and it's twenty thousand miles, mm-hmm. it doesn't matter. If it's twenty thousand miles. You have no receipts. 
that car could be the world's, it could be Princess Diana's car. It would be worth less. Yeah. It's that. It's like buying a 355 without a receipt for the last engine out. And who would do that? Yeah, exactly. Like, well, yeah, that's the thing. Is that, but I also paid 50 grand for my car because exactly. of it. So there you go. And that's the thing is like you're paying like half the price for yeah. that. And you know what? The person that buys the SL500 with no receipts and then, oh, wow, look at that. The engine harness has been done. That's cool. Yeah. Now you just got a great deal on it. Then car. you take a picture of that and then you put that in your listing. Exactly. And then the smart people will know. Yeah, exactly. Um, so. That's all we got, isn't it? Uh, I actually added one little thing in here. Oh, okay. I talked a while back about the left-hand drive skyline that was found in uh, oh. Idaho Junkyard. I see it now. Yeah. You, do you remember that? I talked about that left-hand drive super rare mm -hmm. skyline. Yep. Well, it finally made its way to Japan. Hey. Uh, Alexis Ocampo, the guy who found it, the junkyard uh, employee that actually found that car and was responsible for getting this car. What uh, the? Why did you do that? I didn't do anything. JNC did that. Uh, Alexis Ocampo, the guy who uh, found that as junkyard and actually saved this car, was given a whole bunch of swag from Japanese nostalgia car. Nice. Uh, we took care of him. Don't you even worry about that. But that car is now uh, in the hands of Barracuda. And Barracuda is a uh, vintage scouting restoration shop. They've that seems like it's probably the good place for it to go. They had, uh, they've got two cars that or two left-hand drive skylines that are going to be used as parts cars to rebuild that one. Hmm. So they've found, I think, actually every existing one. Because I think there was only, like, a, there had to be less than 50 that were ever brought to the United States. I'm surprised there were even that many. I, I, I'm, 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 that's me using hedging language. Me, personally, there's probably less than 10 that were brought here. And so I'm pretty sure that they have all the surviving And that's probably cars, the last And they're one. making the last left-hand drive uh, Prince Scotland. and Good. I'm, we need a representative survivor of everything. Yes, and this is going to be it. And I'm upset that I didn't buy it because I wanted $4,000 for it. Jesus. Um, but Yeah, but you wouldn't have done it justice like this. I would not have done it justice, no. I would have had to do like an SR swap and, or something. It would have been gross. It would have been bad. I, wouldn't, I didn't want to deal with it. That's actually why I didn't spend $4,000 on this car. Is we, I just, we talked about this like nine plus months ago. Yeah. Probably almost a year ago. Yeah. It was before I bought my house. But like, you it, bought it, your house like two weeks ago. It was a process that took two months though. Again, this was way before COVID. No, this was during COVID. This article was not during COVID. Click on the original article. I haven't linked in there. This guy found in Idaho? Yeah. Fine. <laughs> It was during COVID. <laughs> wow, that looks way worse than the junkyard pictures. I know, it looks really did worse. Did they bolt some steelies to yeah, it? Yeah, they did. Okay. So apparently it's actually a huge pain in the ass finding steelies for that car. What's the bolt pattern? Like, six by... Six by like 110 or something stupid like that? Like it's a really ridiculous leg pattern. Like it doesn't fit any other car in the world. I think they actually had to like go to like Daytona Ra or like uh, Dayton Racing or something. And like get some like custom made steelies. probably sent some in, right? I mean, you can mail them in from Japan. Wow, that thing got hit. I forgot about that. Oh, this car has all sorts of just really, really screwed up. It was bad. That thing's, I'm excited to see. I assume JNC will cover it when it's done, but yeah. Yeah, as soon as we hear about Barracuda doing that. Because Barracuda. Barracuda's one. Ooh! Yeah. Barracuda. <laughs> They're one of the coolest shops for doing just like weird stuff. And um, Very fine. If you're wondering what kind of truck this, it's an Isuzu Canter. Uh, yeah, ignore the Mitsubishi. Or sorry, the not, not, not Mitsubishi Cantor, not, not a Zuzu. I actually wrote it down in there, the the brand of the truck, because I actually found it. 
Um, but yes, yeah, so I just thought it was kind of cool. It's some of my collector car news I wanted to Mitsubishi Cantor flatbed. There we go, Mitsubishi Cantor flatbed. What's cool is the bed actually comes all the way down, drops on the ground perfectly flat. Nice. And then comes back up and then slides back up. So the Cantor is cantilevered. Yeah, it goes like this. Like a cantilever. Yeah. There you go. <laughs> wow. I think it would have been better if they grabbed with the Nissan Big Thumb, but here I am. Anyway, thank you for listening to Carpet Trash. We'll see it's been you a pleasure. Next week. We'll see you next week. <laughs>